It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important stories. An early childhood taxing district, what on earth is that? The latest in politics and world affairs. I don't think that we should be passing legislation that is so complicated that people kind of throw up their hands and say, oh, I can't understand it. Today's current opinions and ideas. It is not fair that just because you're a big business that you get a break on this and the little guy doesn't. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation and welcome to the Kim Munson Show. I am Kim Munson. Thank you so much for listening. You're each treasured, valued, you have purpose. Today, strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, you were made for this moment. And I get to work with this great team. That's producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, Charlie, Jen, Echo, everybody here at Crawford Broadcasting. Happy Friday to you, producer Steve. Finally, fantastic Friday and payday. <laughs> And it is a great day. It is an Alan Thomas Friday. In studio with me is Alan Thomas. It is great to have you here. It's always great being here, Kim, and what a way to start. I, You know, you start every day with the national anthem, but I get to once a month, and it's yeah. always fun. And there's this great big flag out the out the window, and and uh, that rendition that they, they just played, uh, and I know Charlie has different ones throughout the day, but that's the one from, what would you say, Super Bowl two. Thousand, did you say? Whatever the number, Super Bowl number is, but the year was 2005. Oh, 2005. And uh, just a beautiful rendition of that. And uh, boy, the old girl is under attack, isn't she? And America is under attack right now. So that's why it's so great to be battling in this battle of ideas. Check out my website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter. You get the first look at all of our upcoming guests. I write all that copy for you so that you know what's happening each week. Uh, Our most recent essays, our most recent podcasts. You can email me at kim at kimmunson.com. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at our issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. And Alan Thomas, we'll be talking in the third and fourth segment of this hour about your latest essay, Accidental Conservatives, which is going to be very interesting. You're talking about Hollywood and some of these movies, and so that's going to be interesting. But your essays are getting a tremendous amount of um, response, and I would highly recommend that people go to my website, and then uh, there's a search bar, put in your last name, and your essays will come up. But the one that you did on um, states' rights versus the federal government, uh, that was one that we never dreamed would have so much interest. No, we didn't. You know, it's always fun when, uh, you know, a lot of these articles that I write, especially that one, it was more about what I had learned in the past month, more so than me trying to, you know, pass on what I already know. So it was a lot of fun to discover that one and to go through the Federalist Papers and learn about it and, and to pass that on. And it, it's such a important issue, especially today. I mean, we're seeing everything from that the Supreme Court is doing is, is reinforcing this idea of states' rights and state sovereignty. And uh, it, it's a very important issue, especially today, especially when you have a power-hungry uh, federal branch like we have right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. So I'd recommend people go check that out. And then we will roll out Accidental Conservatives this weekend in the newsletter. And then that will be on the website as well. Uh, Steve, we did a great interview yesterday for our America's Veterans Stories. It was with Steve Snyder. And he's written a book about his father, who was a B-17 pilot, and really a fascinating interview. And they were shot down. 
and his crew of 10, five made it back, five didn't, but just a super interview. And that will um, broadcast this Sunday, 3 to 4 p.m., and then the next week, 10 to 11 p.m. on Sunday, the next week, 10 to 11 on Saturday. But each weekend, there will be three different uh, America's Veterans Stories uh, shows that you can listen to and would highly recommend that you check into those. These are just gold. These stories are awesome, Steve. Yeah, and the, the fact that you're talking about what's coming this Sunday is a great segue into your quote for the day. There we go. Well, because... I, I, because Alan's in studio talking about Hollywood, I thought, now let's talk about some uh, Hollywood stars who loved America. And uh, so I went to Jimmy Stewart, and I wanted to just share a little bit about, about him. He says, it might be surprising to many that a famous actor like James Stewart had a different vision for his life than being a silver screen star. He wanted to attend the U.S. Naval Academy and became a naval aviator. His Navy career wasn't to be, but Stewart would get another shot at military service in the Army Air Corps. As Stewart came from a long line of military service. Both of his grandfathers fought in the Civil War. Imagine that. And his father was a veteran of both the Spanish-American War and World War I. His father was a hardware store owner, and he convinced, he convinced Jimmy to attend Princeton instead, which is still a pretty good school, all things considered. It was there that Jimmy Stewart became involved in acting and pursued it as a career. After struggling to be a star on the stage, he moved to Hollywood and started acting for the screen. And he made many movies. He logged 400 flight hours over eight years while he was in show business. He also made some of his most famous movies in the years before World War II, including You Can't Take It With You, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, and The Philadelphia Story. Despite having a degree from Princeton and hundreds of hours behind the stick of an aircraft, Stewart was so ready to serve in World War II, he enlisted as a private before the United States entered the war. He was rejected by the Army at first for being underweight, but with the help of a Hollywood friend, he was able to literally tip the scales, and he entered the Army in 1940. He was the first Hollywood actor to join up. It was the start of a 27-year career in the Army and then the Air Force. When a producer asked him why he would give up his screen career for the military, he said, the country's conscience is bigger than all the studios in Hollywood put together, and the time has come, will come when we'll have to fight. Isn't that fascinating? It's not even 6.30 and I'm learning things, Kim. That's amazing. And we like that when that happens. So B-17 pilots... Um, I think it was a B-17 that I got to fly in, and it was thrilling. I will just say it's thrilling. They're, they're, they're compact. These guys, you know, had to crawl around on it. But And then he flew a number of missions. Let's see. I can't remember how many. It says at first, Stewart was relegated to doing newsreels and public relations stunts in the motion picture division. But at 33, he was too old for aviation cadet training. So he applied for the Air Corps Commission and uh, was promoted to second lieutenant. And then, let's see, he flew at a time when air crews were expected to be killed between 8 to 12 missions. Stewart had flown 20. Wow. And just the fear. And maybe you didn't know this, but early on in the war... Not until they got the P-51 Mustangs. The uh, bombers, as they went on their missions, the, the fighters didn't have enough fuel capacity to accompany them all the way into the mission. So once they got those turned around, the uh, Germans were just waiting there to try to take these guys down. We lost 88,000 airmen in World War II. It's amazing. So, okay, let's think about that. He did 20 missions. 
And this is what Jimmy Stewart said. He was born in 1908. He died in 1997. He said, fear is an insidious and deadly thing. It can warp judgment, freeze reflexes, breed mistakes. Worse, it's contagious. What do you think about that, Alan? I mean, it's it's so true. You know, from a personal level, you know, when you're doing things, you know, you, you think about athletes when they're fearful of taking the last shot or things like that. But it's also true as like a society. And, you know, we've gone through this this pandemic now in two years and you can still see people living with this contagious fear of catching COVID-19 or even going out in public still. Mm -hmm. So it's 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 a very appropriate quote just to, you know, everyone living personally, but also as a society. Mm -hmm. And in the Bible, it says many, many times, do not fear. We have to remind ourselves. Steve, your comment on that. And then I want to talk about your favorite energy secretary. Well, you stole my thunder. Uh, The (laughs) fact that uh, a B-17 crew is taking off knowing that they have, uh, as they approach the target, they have no fighter escort. What, What could generate more fear than that? I know. And they went ahead and they did the job. It's pretty amazing. And the fact that it's contagious. That's it, it is contagious. And and we saw that through the whole reaction to this COVID-19 thing. How, I mean, I, I know there were times I had to really, you know, work to find my foundation in this whole thing. So, Steve, um, let's talk a little bit about your favorite energy secretary right now. <laughs> arm in arm with my favorite transportation secretary, because they're both. Every time the issue about the cost of gasoline arises, they're both very quick to smirk and say, oh, get an electric car. Mm -hmm. Now, I found this meme, and it really kind of cracked me up. It says, the meme says, you are being told to lower your AC usage on hot days to prevent overwhelming the existing electrical grid while simultaneously being told to trade in your gas cars for electric vehicles. Now, this smacks of, I mean, there's so much wrong with this. I can't, I don't know where to start. You know that river in Egypt, denial? <laughs> <laughs> Here it is. I mean, the, the grid is not in the best of shape, and it's very vulnerable. And here they are saying, well, let's just plug in more electric cars, and you know, we'll all be happy because we don't have to endure the price of gasoline. Well, this is, it looks, uh, right now it looks like it's incompetence, but it, it, I don't think it is incompetence anymore. There is this movement, the elites, uh, oh, I guess I, I always, people probably have this totally memorized, but we have new listeners all the time. So, my friends, we look at these issues through the, free, uh, uh, searching for truth and clarity by looking at the lens, through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. It's never compassionate to take other people's stuff, whether or not it's their rights, their property, their freedom, their livelihood, or their opportunity via force with a weapon, policy, unpredictable and excessive taxation, fear, coercion, government-induced inflation, or the World Economic Forum Davos Globalist Elite's agenda. And that agenda is, is they get to fly around in their jets. They get to uh, sail around, not sail, well, some of them sail, but they also always have power uh, in their boats in their cars, but they want everyday people to live in apartment buildings, not have home ownership, and to ride around on trains and buses and bicycles, taking away our freedom of mobility, which takes away our freedom of opportunity. And so that is the agenda that is actually occurring here. Alan, do you want to comment? Yeah, I mean, it, it, one, it kind of flows pretty well into what we'll talk about in the third and fourth segment, you know, people whose actions belay a different ideological point than what they profess 
But I mean, we're seeing what happens when you commit yourself to ideology. It doesn't make sense. You, you lose that ability to reason. You know, when you're committed to this ideology, you can't see how on one hand you're worried about the grid, but on the other hand, you're telling them to buy electric cars. When you're able to use reason and abandon ideology and instead stand on a bedrock of principle, you're able to have these nuanced views of what public policy should be because you're not committed to an ideology. So, you know, we have ideology on our side just as much as they have mm -hmm. theirs. So make sure you're not standing on ideology because it, it it's not able to handle these nuances like, like principles can. Excellent point. Excellent point. We're going to go to break here in just a minute. Before we do that, though, Hooters Restaurants is a great sponsor of the show and also America's Veterans Stories. They have five locations, Loveland, Aurora, Lone Tree, Westminster, and Colorado Springs. The girls were over on Wednesday night, so they on Wednesdays they have specials. Buy 20 wings, get 10 for free. So I got some of those great smoked wings, crispy, and they were delicious. But the Avalanche are playing tonight. What a great place to get together to watch the games. Uh, and uh, I think I'm going, well, I'm, I have work to do, so I'm going to have my computer out. But as you say, you, you really can't take your eye off the television when you're watching hockey. Yeah, it happens in a blink of an eye. Yeah. You know, that, that one goal or the, luckily for us, three goals happens in a blink of an eye. Yeah. So you really have to watch. Could you imagine being a goalie? I, the hand-eye coordination, I mean, I just can't believe it. And the shape they have to be in. Oh, and those shots are coming in at 90 miles an hour. Yeah. Like, that doesn't sound fun to me. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But uh, anyway, go Avalanche, and uh, the game is tonight. Hooters Restaurants is a great place to watch the game. And they became partners of the show it's really a story about freedom and capitalism and free markets. We've got that on the website, so check that out. We're going to go to break. Alan Thomas is in studio, and Greg Lopez is running for governor here in Colorado, and he's on the line and uh, got a couple of questions for him, so we'll be right back. Three Points Financial is a fiduciary financial planning company focused on helping individuals and families. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz at Three Points Financial specialize in investment strategies tax planning and preparation, and retirement planning with no product sales or commissions. Tax laws have changed and will continue to change. Inflation is real. Three Points Financial helps you maneuver through these changes to achieve your financial success. For clarity and a solid, relevant financial and investment plan while working with a company that puts your interests at the forefront, schedule a no-obligation initial consultation at threepointsfinancial.com. That's threepointsfinancial.com. Inflation is out of control. Increasing prices at the gas pump and grocery stores are hurting everyday people. All these challenges we face are preventable. Individuals must understand what is going on. That's why Kim Munson is bringing truth and clarity to the issues facing our families, our communities, our state, and our country. Now, more than ever, it's important to support Kim's independent voice. Kim has the courage to research and inform you about the real issues. It's not easy, and Kim can use your help. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute. Again, help Kim by contributing at Kim Munson. That's M-O-N-S-O-N.com. It's Friday! <laughs> It is Friday. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity 
by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. Something's a good idea. You shouldn't have to force people to do it. In studio with me is Alan Thomas. It is an Alan Thomas Friday. Third and fourth segment, we'll be talking about your essay, Accidental Conservatives. And uh, that will be fascinating. On the line with us is Greg Lopez. He is running for governor here in Colorado. And I have an essay on my website um, where I have endorsed these grassroots candidates. Greg Lopez for governor, Ron Hanks for uh, U.S. Senate, and Tina Peters for secretary of state. And on the line is is, uh, Greg Lopez. Greg, welcome to the show. Hey, good morning, Kim. Thank you for having me. So, Greg, as I look around, you and I have talked about this. Uh, Colorado is broken, uh, and it is because of bad Democrat policy. Uh, And what will you do to fix it? Well, there's a lot to be fixed, right? The one thing we got to do is we got to make sure that we have the right people in office that are going to work with me to make sure that we get tough on crime, make sure we get the critical race theory and sexualization out of our schools. But more importantly, I'm going to be working with the local government and the people to make sure that they understand that it's time for us to take our government back. You know, it's government by the people and for the people. And so I want to be out there making sure that we are making good policies, good legislative policies with visionary glasses, not knee-jerk reactions like we've been seeing over the last two and a half years. We need to have someone that can actually look into the future and truly understand what is in the best interest of the state, of all 64 counties. So this is what I'm going to be doing is making sure that parents have the right to decide. You know, as you know, the Supreme Court recently ruled that you can use government money for school. And government money is actually our money. <laughs> Good point, right? We can use our money, you know, for school choice. And so there's a lot that we can do. Uh, and I'm going to work on making sure that we give the, the again, the power back to the people. Well, and and um, really limiting government. We need to we need to reduce this this uh, overreaching government here, at Greg Lopez. Yes, we do. I mean, you see it every single day. You know, they're really trying to reach elitists that are currently in office are trying to tell us how we should live our lives, what we should teach our children, which companies can be successful and which ones are not going to be successful, and that's not what America is about. You know, we are a country where liberty and freedom is what we stand on, and government needs to get out of our way. And that's exactly what I'm going to make sure that we do as governors, that we allow small businesses and families to be able to live that Colorado dream without government interfering and removing all those rules and regulations that are uh, stifling their success. Uh, totally agree on that. I want to move over to a next question. Now, I mentioned that I had done an essay and, and endorsed you and Ron Hanks and Tina Peters. And all three of you staunchly believe that life begins at conception. And that is, um, and I've had people that have reached out and said, Kim, I so appreciate uh, the endorsements. I really support them. My children are unaffiliated. Uh, I'm concerned that the fact that uh, Greg believes that life begins at conception may be difficult to garner an unaffiliated vote. And I explained that I think that this whole issue should be, first of all, I, I'm excited that it looks like it may be pushed back, the Roe v. Wade decision may be pushed back to states uh, with the Supreme Court decision, or it looks like that's what should happen. But but I, I think Greg, it's a question. I really think this is our slavery question of our generation. There was so much emotion around slavery 
there is as well. I do not believe in criminalizing abortion. I believe that we should engage in education. But if we don't believe that life begins at conception, then we're, we're starting off from, I think, a point of, of, um, of, of not, of, uh, that's not true. We, it, because since Roe v. Wade was passed in, or was um, uh, ruled upon in 73, we've learned a whole lot through sonograms and a whole bunch of different things. What's, what's your comments on that, Greg? You know, I agree, Kim. Look, what are you, when we talk about uh, abortion, we're talking about terminating life. And we want to, when you talk about choice, you know, choice is about, uh, I think my position allows more choice than anybody else's. Because if you are pro-life, you are asking people to choose between adoption, between having uh, the child and making sure that there's other options out there for you to consider. You know, so when people say, well, I'm concerned that the unaffiliated voters may not necessarily support or stand by that position, the Supreme Court is doing something very simple, and that is, you know what? The federal government does not have the right to take away the voices of the people within their states, and that's why they're bringing it back to the states. They're going back to the Constitution. And so, you know, we, I want to see Colorado be that state where we have love, compassion, and empathy for the women that find themselves in difficult situations, you know, but we need to have pregnancy resource centers where they can get real support, moral support and comfort and advice as to what is the best decision for themselves and the unborn. But I will always protect the unborn because they're so vulnerable. And to your point, life does begin at conception because if we, if we don't determine when life begins, and if we say, well, life only happens when you're actually outside of the womb, I think we've lost our moral compass when we talk about that from well, that perspective. I was talking to a young um, millennial about this. This was a while back, and, and there's always this question about viability. But that, so a, a child doesn't become really viable until they're much older. So that, and, and then what about grandma and grandpa? when they may be in the end part of their life, they may not be considered viable. That is, uh, I think that that's a discussion. Again, this is an, a whole education thing. This is probably a whole other discussion. But um, I, I, think that, I think that it is important that we educate, we engage in this battle of ideas on this, uh, but without criminalizing it is, is where I'm at. I want to move over to the next thing, and that is, is uh, it looks like, uh, there are uh, they're organizing for violence uh, when the Supreme Court decision comes down, pushing the the Roe v. Wade decision back to the states. As governor, what would you do to protect our state? You know, right now, what I would be doing as governor is I would be out talking on TV and encouraging, reminding people that look, you better not go out in the streets and you can create riots. You better not go out there and destroy clinics or do any type of violence because we're going to hold you accountable. That's not what Colorado is all about, and we're going to be watching. And so we must have a strong voice to say, look, you have a right to your opinion, and you have a right to free speech, but you do not have the right to destroy property. You do not have the right to cause fires and, and cause fear. And so that I would be doing that right now and letting people know that should you choose to do that, we're going to hold you accountable. As you know, Kim, they've already passed, Colorado's already passed a law 
that's not going, you know, the, the decision of the Supreme Court's not going to change anything in the state of Colorado. So he should be out there letting people know that, you know what, while this may uh, be released from the Supreme Court, that the legislature has already taken action to address it and minimize or eliminate any thoughts of putting riots in the streets. we got to stop this uh, riot season that happens when somebody's not happy with, with what is going on. Well, and also protect our businesses, uh, for sure. Uh, and regarding, you're talking about uh, this um, House Bill 1279, which means that you can actually abort a baby in the birth canal here in Colorado. And so when I talk about engaging in the battle of ideas, we need to be engaging in the battle of ideas to get rid of that law. And uh, so what, now one other thing. This has been so interesting to see uh, all of all of these ads that you are too conservative for Colorado. And there's these allegations that the Dems have come in with a lot of money to support you. And I would recommend that people go to Colorado Secretary of State Tracer Report. You can learn so much. You can look at the candidates. You can see who's funding them. Not the dark money component. But uh, I took a look. I wanted to. F- I was trying to figure this out because the narrative is is that their Dems are supporting you. And it's like, this doesn't make sense to me. So first of all, I went to Tracer, and I found the organizations that are doing a, a bunch of these ad buys. Found one for 400000 for television, 150000 for internet. And clearly it says there to oppose Greg Lopez. So then I'm putting my thinking cap on. I'm like, now why would the Dems spend so much money to oppose a candidate if that candidate was the weaker candidate? So their polling must show that you are the in a very strong position. What's your thoughts on that? You're absolutely correct, Kim. You know, that's exactly what they're doing. They're very concerned that I'm going to be the candidate that's going to be going up against Governor Polis because I'm going to go into his backyard and I'm going to take votes away from him. I'm the only candidate that can do that. You know, it's interesting that even their, my opponent is, is out there saying that they're spending $3 million against her. I think she's just a little upset that she's not getting any attention because, you know, she is the losing candidate when it comes to who's leading in the polls. And I think that bothers her. And so for me, it's clear. The polling shows that I'm the most um, the most viable candidate to outseat out uh, Governor Polis. And so, you know, these ads are not lying in my by position. You know, I, what they're saying about me, it's true. You know, I stand for pro-life. I stand for the Second Amendment. You know, all those types of things, election integrity. And so they're not misleading. What they're what they're doing is they're saying, look, we believe, the Democrats believe, that I'm too conservative. You know, and people people say, Greg, what does that mean, that you're too conservative? I said, you know what, I'm not, I'm not sure what they're trying to say, but, you know, it's kind of like saying, well, Greg, you're too Hispanic. I don't know what that means, but I can tell you this. They're nervous. They're panicking. They know Governor Polis is vulnerable, and they know that I'm the only candidate, based on what's going on across the country, that they should be afraid of. And so they're going to try to make sure that I don't make it past the primary, which is four days away. In four days, the people of Colorado are going to decide who is going to go up toe-to-toe against Governor Polis and get our state back. And I think right now, the record is clear that I'm the strongest candidate that can oppose him. 
Well, and you've been working for several years in the Hispanic community in rural Colorado. Uh, you've got great appeal with uh, the, the suburban women, suburban men uh, across the spectrum. You've been uh, reaching out to Democrats. And so you've been building uh, all these re- relationships. How can people get more information about you, Greg Lopez? You know, they can go to my website, Lopez2022.com. Again, that's Lopez2022.com. You know, join us, you know, make a contribution. We're going to go all the way through November. We're seeing it. We feel the momentum. And now is the time. Now is the time for the people to realize this is our moment, our finest hours in the horizon. We just got to unite and we got to make sure that we understand what's at stake in the future of our country and our state. Freedoms and liberty is what's at stake. Well, and one more point I want to make again is that the Dems have come in and they have bought all of this at these ads to oppose you and then governor polis is uh, is saying he's uh, what is it the colorado cashback that right before election time people will be receiving some of their money back from um uh, the government it's our our uh, Tabor refunds but he's calling it Colorado cashback and he's moved that up to $750 per person so i think you must be polling very well greg lopez thank you so yeah. much for joining us you bet take care kim okay we're going to go to break before we do that though kirsch insurance group is another great sponsor of the show they are experts in the medicare arena they work with a number of different brokers out there and so they can uh, represents you. They're on your side of the table. It doesn't cost you anything. So be sure and check out Kirsch Insurance Group. That's I-K-I-R-S-C-H.com. I-K-I-R-S-C-H.com. We'll be right back. The Metro home ownership real estate market is very tight right now. That's why Kim Munson recommends you have seasoned REMAX realtor Karen Levine on your side of the table. Karen Levine will help you navigate through the many details of your home buying experience so that you can successfully pursue your American dream. Because Karen Levine cares about property rights for each individual, she volunteers hundreds of hours to represent home ownership opportunities at the local, county, state, and national levels. If you are considering buying or selling your home, call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516. Again, that's 303-877-7516. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Monson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. In studio with me is Alan Thomas. It is an Alan Thomas Friday. And your latest essay, Accidental Conservatives. Where do you want to start? Well, I think I'll start kind of one of the last examples I brought up. I was, you know, my, my son is almost two, which time flies. It does. I, it? I remember when he was so born. Fast. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we're, I was looking through some of the Disney movies and seeing, you know, what we wanted to show him. And 
uh, one of the movies that like came up on the list while I was scrolling was Wally, and I remembered watching that kind of when I was around college and just going, "Ugh, this movie just leaves a, a something in my craw." You know, the mm-hmm. anti-consumerism, the environmental activism. I was just like, I just don't want to watch this movie again. But you know, I've been through LPR now. I've mm-hmm. I've grown a lot in the last decade. I was like, you know what? I want to rewatch it and just see if there was something in there that I missed. Like, okay. Was it really as bad as I remember it? You know. So I was watching it, and there was a there's a part in the movie where um, I paused it and I, I I called to my wife. I was like, we missed a huge opportunity with this movie because in this movie there's a there's a scene where the CEO of this mega corporation by and large is basically standing at a presidential lectern telling presumably the country what they're going to do and how they're going to send them all to space so that they could then clean up the mess for that consumerism cause, right? Like there was so much mm-hmm. trash. And it had flashed to scenes throughout the movie and you, you saw these, these huge stores, the by and large super center, the by and large gas station. And it... It really points this picture, and I believe the point that we missed was this is a huge anti-cronyism argument that we could have been jumping on board with. I mean, there was there was no free market to speak of in this fictitious world of Wally. This by and large mega corporation was in charge so much that they were that they basically had the politicians in their in their back pocket, and it just made me think. You know, what if we had jumped on board and said, exactly, that's what we as conservatives are completely against. We are completely against these monopolies, these mega corporations, these uh, crony people who force people out of the marketplace through licensure laws, through Uh regulations, through taxes. You know, what if we said, we don't want that type of world. And if you buy into our idea, you won't get that type of world. We have a free market. We have a free market where I can drive down the street right now and go to Whole Foods, who who proclaims this environmental cause. You know, they use recycled bags. They have organic, non-GMO, you know, what do you call it, environmentally responsible farming techniques. We have this free market pressure that these people believe in to to make sure that we never end up in this Wally-esque apocalyptic world because we have this free market. And we just kind of, we missed the boat, I think, a little bit because we we were so against this idea of anti-consumerism and anti-environmentalism that the movie was trying to portray that we missed this huge opportunity to say, no, 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 we don't believe in cronyism. That type of world will never happen. And by the way, what would that world look like? It, you know, the funny part of the movie is the the plot twist is the by and large corporation failed. They weren't able to clean up the planet and they kept the humans out in space. What would have happened if we had a free market that had multiple options to try and figure out innovative, ingenious ways to clean up the planet? Well, so first of all, a couple of things, and you alluded to it, but big business and big government like each other. Because say if somebody comes up with a product and a lot of people buy it and they become rich and the company becomes big, I love that. I think that's just great. But then what you see, and you just mentioned it, big business and big government, they put in rules, regulations, licensure, and it makes it so difficult for the little guy to come in to want to compete with the big guys. And uh, I, w- I have not been to the store in a long time. And it's just we've been so busy. I finally made it to the store yesterday. I went to Walmart. And there's a, a little company that does detergent. It's called Myers. 
and uh, it smells really great. And a lot of, I know a lot of young moms, they really like that. And uh, I like to have a little bit of that, and I also use Tide as well. But I had a difficult time finding the little Myers come, and they've been growing and growing and growing. But I'm like, so is the supply chain, you know, the big business, is, is it going to put the little guys out of business? Because they were starting to take market share, and I, it was just difficult to find their product right now. It really is. And, and you look at just all the factors at play, these politicians who who want to rail against these these uh, corporatists. But then you have Nancy Pelosi getting rich off millions off insider trading. I know. You have Bernie Sanders, who has who's all about socialism, yet he has multiple mansions. You know, you, you look at the, the actions of, and we, we alluded to it earlier, you know, these people who, who earn lots and lots of money providing lots of benefit to the world all of a sudden flip and have these uh, progressive ideologies, but then through their actions, they're sitting here saying, wait a minute, but we like having the free choice to choose our transportation. We like the free choice of choosing where to live and how many houses to have. Mm -hmm. You know, they're accidentally conservative when they, when they, through their actions, show that they actually believe in free choice. They believe in liberty. They don't want to live in Russia. Mm -hmm. They want to live here in the U.S. They want to have their citizenship here. So it's finding those out and pointing them out and and actually saying, hey, look, by your actions, you're actually on our side. Like, come over. Come come join our side of the fence because it's a lot more free. It's a lot more fun over here. Well, and remember all those movie stars that said that if Trump was elected, they'd move? They're still here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you know, that's that's another good example was the, the Johnny Depp. Um, I brought it up in the article, the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you're talking about Johnny Depp, he was one of those that actually said hey, jokingly talked about assassinating Donald Trump. You know, definitely not on the MAGA crowd. And yet in the past couple of months, we've seen conservatives back Johnny Depp, this person who is kind of anti-Trump all of a sudden we're for. And why is that? Well, it's in reaction to this Me Too movement, this Believe All Women. Amber Heard, you know, the, the jury came out and said, yeah, you can't come out and just say, believe all women, if you're going to go out there and defame somebody and lie about what actually happened. And that's why we backed Johnny Depp, because he said, wait a minute, you can't just come out and, and trash my character and trash who I am. You can't just lie about me. I have rights as a person. And he used the rule of law to go through and to make sure that injustice was righted. And we as conservatives said, look, even though you don't like Donald Trump, even though you don't, even though you were way overboard with that comment, we still back you because we believe in the rule of law. Look what our world looks like. Look at what what a country that we believe in looks like. You have this rule of law. You have this ability to say, hey, we believe in truth and you can discover truth. So we back somebody who who isn't that super MAGA crowd, mm-hmm. as Biden <laughs> would like to say. Because we we saw the conservative principles of what this case was highlighting, and this case was highlighting, hey, yeah, there is truth, you can discover it, and you need to have a court system that respects that. Okay, and rule of law, because Americans do believe in rule of law, and I really think that uh, through the whole COVID thing, they the, those that had that agenda, those PBIs that used fear and um, rules and regulations realize that Americans do respect rule of law and they were way outside their lane that rule of law has to pass the mustard of the constitution and this vision of the declaration so the vision of the declaration 
that all men are created equal with these rights from God, and this is how you started this out, of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, that's, that's the bedrock right there. And so if we start to have rules, regulations, and laws that assault that life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, of course the Constitution's put in place to address that, but let's say that you have a, a little city that says, um, okay, legit, legitimate business, we don't like your business model, and so we're not going to approve your liquor license. Well, that's antithetical to this American idea of people being able to go after their life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. So they've taken the rule of law, and they have, um, they've... Uh, Almost weaponized it. Yeah. And, and, and so because we've respected that rule of law, we need to remember and make sure that rule of law is constitutional. I think that's the point I'm trying to get to. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you have to under... One, you have to have an understanding. You have to have this core civic knowledge of what you actually... What rights you actually have. And, and I believe this pandemic really showed us the lack of civic knowledge this nation has. This, this you know, a lot of people said, oh, yeah, we were told to do this by the experts or... You know, health and safety, the county safety commissions told us to do this, that we couldn't do this, that we couldn't be open. We were bullied by, you know, the sheriff's office and and what say you, we were threatened with our our business model. So, yeah, we just listened to them and, and closed down. And it really showed this lack of civic knowledge of saying, no, you have a right to live. You have a right to live and to do business and to create with your mind and your in your hands and, and whatever else. So we need to regain that. We need to keep teaching people that, no, you do have these rights and they're fundamental to who you are. They are self-evident. Like, and, and you just see that self-evident truth play out when people's backs are really up against mm-hmm, the wall. Mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. they're not thinking about, about it, these self-evident truths of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, people show that because they want to. This, this whole idea of injustice or unfairness is so ingrained in the American spirit that when you talk about things being unfair, well, why are they unfair? They're unfair because we have this idea of property rights. Aha. Let's go to break. Talking with Alan Thomas, his uh, latest essay, Accidental Conservatives, will roll out this weekend in the newsletter. So be sure and sign up for that at KimMunson.com. Before we go to break, the nonprofit, the charity that I have uh, adopted is the United States Marine Corps Memorial Foundation. And they are raising money to remodel the Marine Memorial out at Sixth and Colfax. That was dedicated in 1977, so it's time for an update. And it is so important that we know our history, that we we appreciate those that have been willing to give their lives or have given their lives for us. And that's why I think it is so important to support this organization. You can buy a brick to honor a loved one that uh, served in the military. Uh, You can donate. Go to usmcmemorialfoundation.org. That's usmcmemorialfoundation.org. We're going to go to break. In studio is Alan Thomas. Stay tuned. Medical freedom, patient choice, and informed consent are all staples of comprehensive health care. You'll find exactly that at Roots Medical, located in the Denver Tech Center, offering specialties in hormones, thyroid, gut health, detox, and COVID recovery. Functional, comprehensive, primary health care. Roots Medical, getting to the root of your health care concerns. For more information, visit rootsmedical.net. Roots Medical is a proud member of Colorado Healthcare Providers for Freedom. 
Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage. Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. Practice shooting in the same place you bought the firearm. Frankton Firearms makes your life easier with safety and tactical training. Firearm storage and firearm purchase all conveniently located in the same place. At Franktown, learning is accessible. The team recommends you practice developing confidence in handling your gun with a proprietary training course or one-on-one instruction located on-site. Make your life easier and store your firearms safely on premises at the Franktown Firearms Armory. The team at Franktown pride themselves on developing long-term relationships with their clients who utilize their one-stop shop. First-time buyers looking for guidance frequently return because they're having fun. They see beginners turning into experts all the time. And you can, too, with resources and tools at your disposal. No matter what level you're at, get your firearms curiosity, needs, and desires met at Franktown Firearms. Visit klzradio.com slash franktown or the Franktown Firearms storefront location. Americans Veteran Stories with Kim Munson, Sunday afternoons at 3, here on KLZ 560 AM and KLZ 100.7. It's Friday, Friday. It is Friday. It's a... Alan Thomas Friday here at the Kim Munson Show. Check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Alan Thomas, this piece that you've written, Accidental Conservatives, it'll be in the newsletter this week and then on the website. What you've talked about is these accidental conservatives, these Hollywood stars that... um, uh, they actually realize that they want freedom, they want this life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness for their lives. Maybe the difference is is that you and I want it for everybody. They uh, don't realize that uh, they think they just want it for themselves. Is that an, uh, an appropriate observation? It, it, it is, but it might be fair to say that they just don't understand that they actually want it for themselves and that the ideologies that they've committed to don't allow that for others. I mean, you can get in this bubble where you don't real, you know, we've seen it with the press, you know, they get in this bubble and they don't realize, Hey, there's this whole set of people over here that live completely different from us. You know, uh, a good example is so Kim Kardashian, um, in the wake of the Uvalde shooting talked about, uh, gun control and how we need to protect our kids. And, people discovered that the school that she sends her kids to on their website they have this entire thing dedicated to the security of the children at that school talking about how they have on-site secure high private security that they hire specifically for this school that kim sends her children to and you know you just wonder like does she not realize that all schools aren't like that or does she really appreciate the fact that she can send her kids to a school that guarantees the safety of her children and is accidentally for this idea of school choice and doesn't realize that she is? Because if she had to 
if she was forced to send her kid to a public school that didn't necessarily have all the security processes that her school has, would she send her kids there? Would she feel that comfortable level sending her kids to that school? And you just kind of, you want to ask these questions to them and, and try Excellent and figure point. out wow. why, why do you send your kid here? Do you not realize that every parent doesn't have that choice? And especially, you know, in, in the wake of this new Supreme Court ruling, parents are going to have more choices about what school to send their kids to. But it's, you know, Kim was an accidental conservative. And, and the, you know, the other point, she talks about these school shootings and, and gun control, and yet she has armed security around her place mm-hmm. and everywhere she goes. Right. And you're like, listen, you, you, by your actions, you actually believe what we're saying. Like, yeah. there is a, a point to having these firearms. It's a great mm-hmm. equalizer, as you can obviously attest to. Mm-hmm. So we need to come alongside. And, and I don't mean to say this in... You know, one thing that we don't want to do to be persuasive is stand up in somebody's face and say, you're a hypocrite. You know, mm-hmm. when you do that, well, and most we all people's are <laughs> reactions are yeah. pretty negative. You yeah. know, nobody wants to be called a hypocrite. But try and ask questions to delve into why do people think these things? Why do they believe the things they do? Because when it comes down to it, every parent wants their kid to come home safe Absolutely. after school. Every parent does. So to, to sit here and say that, you know, conservatives don't care about kids. Well, that's not fair either. But at the same time, maybe digging into their beliefs and why they believe kids should be forced to go to public schools, you can start to figure out where they're coming from too. So try and dig deep and and ask these, these questions about why their actions don't match up with their ideology. Well, and I just wanted to mention, as you were saying, that she has armed guards and probably a fence around her house. She's also protecting her border. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you see that with all of our politicians, too, and all of their mansions and, and all of their houses. You see this idea of, okay, you, you proclaim this idea, but when it comes down to you living your life, when, when you know the buck stops here, you actually believe in these things. You know, and I, I was in downtown Denver one time and it said it, it was a, oh, I forget exactly what it was, but it was this, you know, campaign looking sign talking about the homeless and how basically how they need to be allowed to live on sidewalks. And I'm like, well, you haven't made your sidewalk available. Would you mind if people lived in the sidewalk right in front of your house? Like, you know, when, when it comes down to it, are you really ready to commit your life and your actions to the ideas that you're professing or is it somebody else's sidewalk Mm -hmm. is it somebody else's backyard so we need to make sure and ask these people these questions like hey you know you say one thing but you live your life another you're actually on our side because the way you live your life is free you get to choose how and where to send your kids to school you get to choose how and when you go to work you know what transportation you're taking so just help them match up their actual conservative beliefs because this idea of liberty is so ingrained in us in in America that we I don't think most people realize how much it really is well and uh, as you mentioned um, it's not effective to say you're being hypocritical or whatever and uh, you know we put our essays out on Facebook and uh, I see some of the comments come in. I was like, I can't look at this stuff <laughs> yeah. because I don't. And it can be from both sides of the aisle. And it's like, I didn't think you could use that word on Facebook, but maybe you can. <laughs> um, but um, we really do need. And you, you, you mentioned one other thing, and that was reason. We have lost a lot of reason in these in these um, conversations. But maybe something along the line of instead of that's so hypocritical is 
you might be an accidental conservative. I mean, what do you think? Would that be effective? Yeah, I think that's the point I'm trying to get across is, you know, when you're when you're standing at the line of the, at DMV, most everybody's kind of anti-government, you know, when you're there for an hour. So telling them, hey, this is what bureaucracy does. This is a micro view of what the entire federal government is. I mean, the, there's not an efficient part of our federal government, not one department, not one agency, not one one aspect of our government. All of government functions like the DMV. And, and so it's it's trying to bring awareness to this and saying, hey, if you hate the DMV, then maybe you should be against a lot of these bureaucracies because this is all they do. They pay people. It wastes your time. It wastes your money. Mm -hmm. Is it really effective at what it's doing? Is it really serving the purpose that you want? You know, when you're paying $400 just to put a tag on your vehicle, are you getting your money's worth? And it's, it's drawing attention to this, to, to people as they go through their, throughout their lives and saying, Hey, you and I actually agree on this pretty much. You might be an accidental conservative, so come over to my side of the fence. Oh, I like that. And just a quick note, as uh, I mentioned, I, I've endorsed Tina Peters, and she ran for Mesa County Clerk and Recorder because she thought she could reduce, been in business for a long time, reduce wait times at the DMV, and she did. I've also thought that um, maybe we should put Chick-fil-A in charge of the DMV <laughs> because you can get your, uh, your, your chicken nuggets and everything within, what, five minutes? You know, so maybe and, we should do that. And maybe they would say, my pleasure, like, we're serving you, not thinking the other way around like our government does, right? Our government expects us to say, oh, thank you so much for, for serving me, government, as opposed to the government saying, hey, it was my pleasure to serve you. Right, exactly. So we've got a minute left. How do you want to button this up? This is goes way too fast. I love these conversations. I have so many people love it when you're on. So. Oh, well, I love mm. that they love it. And it's always just fun being here, Kim. And, you know, I, I would just say, you know, look for freedom in life. You know, look for freedom in everyone's actions, because... Like I said, it's been so ingrained in us that when people talk about things being unfair, it's because they're coming from this fact that they believe in property rights. You know, when you talk about the fairness or unfairness of things, when you when you talk about taking things away from them, you know, I, I joke around like, hey, would the bartender agree to pure democracy if the whole bar said we should all get free drinks? Mm -hmm. Like, no, they wouldn't. So try and draw awareness to this, you know. Use your principles, use your ideas, be effective, be persuasive, and, and just have, have a little bit of fun with it. Don't let's, let's stop being the party of no or no fun. Let's have some fun with it. Sounds like a plan. Alan Thomas, thanks so much for being here. Thanks again for having me, Kim. And our quote is from Jimmy Stewart. And I found this interesting given what's happening with the market right now. He said, bull markets are great, but they breed complacency. Bear markets can be energizing. Instead of fretting over the decline in your net worth, think opportunistically about all those bargains and the potential gains when inevitably a bull market returns. I have to ask Mary Alpers about that in the next segment or the next hour. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America. And I don't want no one to cry.
It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important stories. An early childhood taxing district, what on earth is that? The latest in politics and world affairs. I don't think that we should be passing legislation that is so complicated that people kind of throw up their hands and say, oh, I can't understand it. Today's current opinions and ideas. It is not fair that just because you're a big business that you get a break on this and the little guy doesn't. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation and welcome to the Kim Munson Show. I am Kim Munson. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, valued. You have purpose. Today, strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, you were made for this moment. And thank you to this team I get to work with, producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, Charlie, Jen, Echo, and all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Happy Friday, producer Steve. Finally Friday. Finally fabulous Friday. Oh, yes. Yes, fantastic Friday. And it is a fantastic Friday. Alan Alan Thomas has worked it out in his schedule to stay through the second hour. And so if you have any questions or comments, uh, last segment of the show, about... Mile 747. We have our call-ins 303-477-5600. And then we have also in studio Jen Gibbons. And she is a mother of four, founder and current board member of Heritage Heights Academy, a doctor of audiology, and member of Cherry Creek, the Cherry Creek Parent Advocacy Network. It's great to have you here. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. Uh, I think I'm excited to have, have you talk about this. I'm not sure I could say excited. You've been watching Curriculum in our public schools for quite some time. For quite some time, probably starting in about 2010, when I saw the the gradual decline of expectations in our schools at Cherry Creek School District, when my child was in third grade and was told there was no such thing as advanced, when if you looked at her testing scores, it absolutely said advanced right on the paper. So from there, I started looking at my uh, sisters sent their children to charter schools, and their um, their expectations were high, and they wore uniforms, and they were expected to do the work that was needed to succeed. So I um, tried to get my children into charter schools and could not. The wait lists were too, too high. I wanted to keep them in Cherry Creek School District. I love Cherry Creek School District. There's, um, you know, many things that uh, attracted me to to Cherry Creek School District. Namely, my husband said, our children must go to Cherry Creek School yeah. District if we move here. So um, I wanted to stay there. So I thought, let's make another charter school in Cherry Creek since the other one had a wait list of over 3,500 children. Oh, my gosh. So um, I started the process uh, soon after that. And now we have Heritage Heights Academy. Alan Thomas, I would call that entrepreneurship. What do you think? <laughs> I do, yeah. That's a free market demanding something and somebody providing it. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. So we'll talk more about that in the uh, second and third segment. Uh, just a couple of things. Let's see. Check out my website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You'll get first look at all of our upcoming guests, our most recent essays, and our most recent podcasts. And Alan's latest essay, uh, Accidental Conservatives, will be in this newsletter. And then, uh, Jen, you and uh, one of your colleagues is working on an essay that we'll be rolling out this week as well. Yep, we have it ready to go, just making a few edits. Okay, sounds great. So be sure and sign up for that newsletter. You can email me at kim at kimmunson.com. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these uh, issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. And my friends, it's never compassionate to take other people's stuff 
whether or not it's their rights, their property, their freedom, their livelihood, or opportunity via force, whether with a weapon, policy, unpredictable and excessive taxation, fear, coercion, government-induced inflation, or the World Economic Forum Davos Globalist Elite's agenda. So our quote for today is from Jimmy Stewart, and I chose that because Alan's uh, essay, Accidental Conservatives, talks about Hollywood stars, and they're accidentally conservative. And I thought, who is a great Hollywood star? And it is Jimmy Stewart. And he actually was a B-17 pilot in World War II. He flew 20 missions and also a great movie star. But this is what he said. He said... He was born in 1908. He died in 1997. He said, fear is an insidious and deadly thing. It can warp judgment, freeze reflexes, breed mistakes, and worse, it's contagious. And that's Jimmy Stewart. Uh, Before we get into the next segment, Mary Alpers, she's one of the co-owners of Three Points Financial, great partner of the show. Mary Alpers, it's a Friday. It's great to have you on. Thank you, and I love that quote. <laughs> it's a good one, and I, I wanted to, I'm just going to mention this other one that we had at the end of the show, which I'll use again from Jimmy Stewart, but he said this, Mary, he said, bull markets are great, but they breed complacency. Bear markets can be energizing. Instead of fretting over the decline of your net worth, think opportunistically about all those bargains and the potential gains when inevitably a bull market returns. That's pretty fascinating, Mary. Well, it is, and it's right in line with what I want to talk about. (laughs) That segues beautifully. And so we're in a time right now, inflation, uh, you know, what's your thoughts on all this? Well, it is real. Um, It's not transitory. It never was. And um, it was interesting that that was some myth that was held on for so long. Um, So there are, you know, there are opportunities, and you just cannot reacting in fear, um, the book that our um, founder of Alliance of Comprehensive Planners, that's what Steve and I are both members of, the name of the book is um, Why Smart People Do Stupid Things with Money. And that actually comes down to, in a lot of ways, fear or overconfidence. But right now, um, what we're telling people are several just points of what we consider wisdom and things to think about to look at your personal situation and finances. So the first one would be if you by any chance have a variable loan rate, lock it in um, because they will invariably go up. And so you want to get a a fixed rate on your mortgage if you have a mortgage and um, you want to make sure that that then is inflation-proofing that. Um, if you were going to move, you needed to move, you plan to move, um, it might be that sooner than later is the way to go because the housing market is starting to turn. But if you weren't, uh, some people say, you know, just hunker down and stay with a low mortgage rate and write it out. It depends upon your personal situation, you know, uh, but I wouldn't just draw something out a long time that you know you need to do either way. You have to consider where you live and what that will, what you will be able to buy. And number three is the obvious, um, pay down credit card debt. Um, get rid of your debt, the consumer debt. That moves the most with inflation and it will drain your, your savings. 
Um, the fourth one is shopping for higher yield savings account. Um, interest rates are going up, and so um, I recommend you not be complacent. Uh, look at your bank. Look at what the savings are. I mean, it's not going to be what inflation is, but CDs are now over 3% for anything two years and up. In most cases, you can find that. Um, and then also, we've talked about it several times, but the I-bonds, mm-hmm for long-term savings are at 9.62%, and they're going to change their rates again in November. They may or may not go up, but if you buy them, you get to hold them for a minimum of six months at that rate. Um, Shop for bargains with food. Um, You know, junk food usually inflation moves, and um, you might be able to find some good, healthy food that isn't quite as inflationary. Maybe not, but find... Think about where you shop. Shop more purposefully. Um, when um, people were very complacent when everything was taking off, and now there are opportunities where interest rates are going to go up. We've moved a lot of our clients into fixed interest rate holdings because the variable rates of long-term bonds cause the value of those bonds to fall. Um, we also really always go back and reassess investment allocations with clients. We're doing that right now where we're looking at um, are they invested rights? We've always done it, but just things when the market went way, way up last year, it's time to rebalance towards their goals, especially if they're going to retire soon or or have retired within the last 10 years. You don't want to risk that if there was a, a real negative adjustment in the market. So it's really a good idea to look at your investment allocation and, um, and adjust it and always look at maximizing tax savings while you're doing it. So, um, so that would depend upon what account you might change things in, um, whether it's a gain or a loss in a taxable account or whether you can maximize uh, adjusting or Um, adjusting your savings and your investments in a retirement account, which wouldn't have an immediate tax outcome. So there's several things to do, but what Jimmy Stewart said is, uh, is the fear will often make people do things very foolishly and very radically without thinking. So it's a good idea to just keep your head and look at things and make sure you have your emergency savings set aside and then um, let your your um, investments and let your living standards ride through this, the smarter you are when things are good, the better you can ride them when things are more difficult. Well, and Mary, you and Steve Cruz do such a great job at Three Points Financial. I mean, here are just a great 10, 11 points of wisdom on that. You are a fee-only financial planning firm and uh, help people with three different points. That's retirement planning, investment planning, and tax planning. How can people reach you, Mary Alpers? They can go to our website at threepointsfinancial.com, and there's a link to schedule a meeting, a phone call with us um, on our site. And we talk about what your needs are, whether we're a good fit, and um, if we are, then we go from there. I love it. So, Mary Alpers, thank you so much. We'll talk to you next week. Okay, thank you. Have a great day. So we're going to go to break. When we come back, Alan Thomas is in studio. Jen Gibbons, uh, we'll talk with her about curriculum uh, regarding our public schools. You will not want to miss this. Stay tuned.
The Metro home ownership real estate market is very tight right now. That's why Kim Munson recommends you have seasoned Remax realtor Karen Levine on your side of the table. Karen Levine will help you navigate through the many details of your home buying experience so that you can successfully pursue your American dream. Because Karen Levine cares about property rights for each individual, she volunteers hundreds of hours to represent home ownership opportunities at the local, county, state, and national levels. If you are considering buying or selling your home, call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516. Again, that's 303-877-7516. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Monson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. It's Friday. Check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com as well. And it is a double Alan Thomas Friday because he's staying for the second hour. It's great to have you here, Alan. It's great to be here, Kim. (laughs) And the way it works is we're on live 6 to 8 a.m. The first hour is rebroadcast on all KLZ platforms, 1 to 2 in the afternoon. The second hour, 10 to 11 at night. And then our podcasts are normally up by the end of the day or the next business day. And that is in the show summary. Just click on the picture, and all that information comes up. And we'll be rolling out this weekend in the newsletter your latest essay, Alan Thomas, Accidental Conservatives. It's fascinating. Yeah, looking forward to it. And then Jen Gibbons, who's in studio, uh, she is a mother of four, founder and current board member of Heritage Heights Academy, doctor of audiology, and member of Cherry Creek Parent Advocacy Network. You and one of your colleagues will also have an essay that we'll be rolling out. Yep, it'll be ready today. Awesome. Okay, Jen, I this curriculum, well, first of all, you mentioned in the last segment Cherry Creek. Cherry Creek School District used to have the reputation throughout the country of one of the best school districts in the country. Mm-hmm. And people would move here. It actually increased home values because people would try to get their kids into the district. What I've seen occurring, what I'm hearing occurring, is of tremendous concern. And hence, I think that's why this Cherry Creek Parent Advocacy Network was started. So Mm -hmm. tell me about that. That's absolutely right. If you talk to many parents in the district, they'll tell you they bought their house in that area so their children could go to Cherry Creek School District. What we've seen over time is a district that doesn't listen to parents, a district that chooses curriculum because of culturally responsive learning and other things that don't help academics. We've had an achievement gap in Cherry Creek School District for over 30 years. A gap between white children and our black and brown kids. And so now we're, we're looking at things that don't necessarily improve academics. So there are things that improve academics like 
classroom time. More homework, a father in the home is is obviously been proven to be helpful over time, um, but we don't we don't address those things. We talk about feelings, and 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 I want to preface you mean this in that school and feelings. It, yes, mm-hmm. and it, and I've heard a board member say it's all about feelings, but. Um, you know, that focus on feelings has not proven to, to close the achievement gap in any way. And, and I want to start by saying I'm not a curriculum specialist, but I have been watching the curriculum deteriorate over time. Um, and just as a founder of a school board member or a founder of a school board, I know the curriculum that works. Um, you know, we use a core knowledge curriculum, Singapore math. It's very basic. We have Latin. Um, and right. our and our kids do great. Cherry Creek is still trending higher than the state with um, with CMAS scores. And CMAS is just a Snapchat or a, a, sna- a, a snapshot. A snapshot, thank you, mm-hmm. of, of, of the overall achievement. But it does give us an important information. And it is a, a very important aspect in, in looking at the the academic performance. But um, Cherry Creek does have amazing teachers still. And, and I have had three kids graduate from Cherry Creek School District, and they've, they've had great experiences. Um, but they've also spent time in charter schools as well. So what I've been watching this, this didn't just happen, mm-hmm. this whole curriculum thing. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I, I remember, uh, no cursive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, no penmanship because mm-hmm. of the idea that it, people would be on uh, computers all the time. Mm-hmm. But there's a discipline in learning how to write and how to, to um, it helps with reading. Um, and so, Jen, there's only a certain amount of hours in the day. My dad always said, we each have 24 hours in a day and we decide what we're going to do with it. Mm-hmm. And to Alan's point, you have your life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. If, if you go out and become very successful, then you should reap the the rewards of that. Except now, with a progressive income tax uh, that many advocate for, the better you do, then you're penalized. What's your thoughts on that? It's kind of like that in school too. So mm-hmm. you're penalized, but you're also subsidize, subsidizing poor education. You know, like you're seeing when when these public schools when their standards are slipping and, and falling, we're still paying for it. You know, you have to pay extra to send your kid to a charter school or a private school if your standards are higher than what you want mm-hmm. for the public school. So it's really a double whammy. Well, in charter schools, I don't think you have to pay extra, but no. I think parents are more involved in that. So there's mm-hmm. kind of that um, putting the work into the school. Am I, is that correct? Because That's it, correct, yeah. yeah. Okay. In, in charter schools, they have a 40-hour, a uh, you know, parents have to put in 40 hours of, of volunteer work, and it's, it's not easy to get to all the time. So you do have the burden of transportation. Mm-hmm. Okay, so ha- have either of you looked at, I would challenge all of you out there to go to uh, and, and do a, a web search for the Celine Kansas eighth grade exam of 1895. And you take a look at that, and I think there are people now in America with P- PhDs. I, well, I can't even answer all those questions. <laughs> but that was when we were educating children, we were preparing them, giving them the tools to go after their life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. Mm-hmm. When I was on city council for 2012 to 2016 in Lone Tree, we were, you'd have all these big you know, meetings, they bring in stakeholders, and they were talking about educating our children to be the next workforce. I'm like, wait a minute, that sounds very 
socialist to me. It seems like we want to be educating our children and giving them the tools that they can live their lives. What do you think about that, Jen? That's right. Yeah. And and that's how I felt when we first got here to Cherry Creek. My, my son is now 22 years old. And when he got here, he was in first grade. And the the academics were rigorous. He had to, you know, it was spelling every night. It was math flashcards. It was all of those things I was prepared to do for my kids. So, and, and I, I actually taught preschool um, when my kids were little because I didn't think there was enough rigor. You know, they're mm-hmm. old enough and, and my kids were, were ready to learn their colors and their letters and their shapes and all of that. So I've always been wanting, I've, I've always wanted to push that gives them, when you push your kids, they they have the, the confidence to go into the next level knowing they know their stuff. Mm-hmm. Not that they need to know how to read before they get into kindergarten, but if they do, it certainly gives them that step ahead. So when my son got into first grade at Cherry Creek School District, we were at Coyote Hills Elementary School, and that was the, that was the feeling when you walked in. Let's succeed. Let's work. Let's read a million words. And so my whole family did that. My whole, all of my kids read a million words so they could get that million word reward. Mm -hmm. And um, my daughter was in first grade and she read a million words and it took so long to count those million words, but she did it and she got her little plaque. And so our, our school split from Coyote Hills to Black Forest Hills Elementary School. And that was when the dramatic shift in curriculum occurred that I noticed the first, the first time I noticed. And it was one-to-one iPad. Every child had an iPad. And the principal said, well, you don't need to come in and volunteer because now the iPad helps the, helps the teachers with classroom management, which means let's give the kids screen time so they don't disturb the classroom. So I'd go in. Kids were looking at themselves in the camera, playing Roblox or whatever the, the game of the day was. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they spent 20 minutes on username and password. But they didn't do cursive. They didn't do the rote memorization of which, which you know, there's, there's arguments against that too, which, which I can't really say. I'm not an educator. But they didn't do the flashcards. They didn't do the spelling. And that was missing. And, you know, they didn't have the tools to move on to the next level. Mm-hmm. But they still, and, and that's happening today they, um, in Cherry Creek School District, especially with the equity and grading, is they just move them to the next level, even though, they're, even though there are holes mm-hmm. in, in what they were supposed to learn. Mm-hmm. So when we skipped schools, um, that's really when I noticed the, the decline in, in um, rigor mm-hmm. for the academic mm-hmm. curriculum. And so instead of, uh, Alan Thomas, instead of um, working to reduce that achievement gap, gap which can be done, and uh, freedom of education can do that, Cherry Creek is going to get rid of val- valedictorians. <laughs> so what do you think about that? So instead of trying to increase the standards we're just going to reduce them what do you think i mean it's kind of amazing how and and listen i understand as conservatives sometimes we like to stand on one side and say don't change anything and yet we talk about innovation and technology i absolutely believe there can be innovation in teaching and Mm -hmm. educating but at what point in time are we going to say that hey maybe this innovation didn't work i mean at what time are we going to say okay let's go back to the basics and let's try something else Mm -hmm. that's new and, and that's, that's what we're seeing is, is they're kind of doubling down on these educational ideas that aren't working. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have a couple of thoughts. 
and we're going to go to break. In studio with us is Jen Gibbons. She's a mom. She is um, a founder, a current board member, founder and current board, board member of Heritage Heights Academy, a doctor of audiology, and a member of Cherry Creek Parent Advocacy Network. And Alan Thomas, he's one of our uh, authors, and his essay, Accidental Conservatives, will roll out this week. I've got a couple of thoughts that I want to throw out to you both, so we'll be right back. Three Points Financial is a fiduciary financial planning company focused on helping individuals and families. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz at Three Points Financial specialize in investment strategies, tax planning and preparation, and retirement planning with no product sales or commissions. Tax laws have changed and will continue to change. Inflation is real. Three Points Financial helps you maneuver through these changes to achieve your financial success. For clarity and a solid, relevant financial and investment plan while working with a company that puts your interests at the forefront, schedule a no-obligation initial consultation at threepointsfinancial.com. That's threepointsfinancial.com. Inflation is out of control. Increasing prices at the gas pump and grocery stores are hurting everyday people. All these challenges we face are preventable. Individuals must understand what is going on. That's why Kim Munson is bringing truth and clarity to the issues facing our families, our communities, our state, and our country. Now, more than ever, it's important to support Kim's independent voice. Kim has the courage to research and inform you about the real issues. It's not easy, and Kim can use your help. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute. Again, help Kim by contributing at Kim Munson. That's M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson dot com as well. And thank you to each of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. Okay, I want to, Jen, uh, describe something, and Alan, to you as well, where I saw social, well, actually, a friend of mine reached out to me with this story. I was working uh, diligently on trying to get some school board members um, elected that believed in reading, writing, arithmetic, all those things, you know, and also freedom in, in education. And my friend's friend told the story of his little granddaughter that was going to go to kindergarten. And they'd gotten the list of all of the supplies that they needed to, to buy. And, of course, scissors was on there. Now, I will tell you, Ellen, I loved my, I loved school. I loved <laughs> pencils, uh, scissors, I, you know, the school box. That's probably before your time. But I would lovingly look at all of the things I was going to take to school. You could, you could probably see that about me, huh? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> my wife is the same way. I think she's already looking forward to buying Baker, his uh, school <laughs> supplies, in a couple of years. <laughs> so, okay. So this uh, grandfather shared this story, Jen. That their little granddaughter, they'd gone out and she'd gotten some frozen stick uh, scissors. Mm. So, you know, the Disney the movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. movie and um, gets to school, has her things. And the teacher announces that we were going to put our scissors all in the community basket. Mm. So first day that it's time to go and do your project, she goes to get her scissors and somebody beat her to it and had her scissors. Oh, no. And... Uh, <laughs> 
so she was I think that was like her first test on communism. She realized that she went out, she you know, they worked hard, they bought what they wanted and somebody else took it. And so the next year, I'm pretty sure they're not going to go out and get those high quality, mm-hmm. cool uh, frozen scissors. I, I, I remember the school scissors. They never even cut anything. <laughs> so what's your thoughts on that story, Jim? The building community. I remember that happening at, at our school as well. And the circle tables. And we're all going to share. And nobody's better than the other person. And we're all the same when we really just need to be working at our best, whatever that is, and looking at each other as individuals rather than as a part of a group, Mm -hmm. which is is fine. I mean, we're all on the same team, but let's look at each other as individuals and and find commonalities through our humanity rather than our immutable characteristics, which is what's happening. At Cherry Creek School District, our kids are not performing academically, yet we're pushing these curriculum that that push the, the culturally responsible of learning and the SEL, the social emotional learning. And the union is actively pushing to have that be embedded in every subject. So if you're talking about math, let's talk about how we feel about it. What are your attitudes and, and beliefs about this? You know, and, and those are educational. I believe two plus two is four. How's that? <laughs> there's there's no other answer. But but they want these things embedded in every curriculum. So we're wasting educational minutes when that has mm-hmm. been proven to close gaps. At Heritage Heights Academy, and I, I will take any opportunity I can to brag about my school, but you walk in and it's diverse. It's one of the first things you notice about it is that most of our kids are black and brown and we love being in our community. We're in the same, you know, we're in our uniforms. We're here mm-hmm. to learn. And that is the, that is the feeling that you get when you walk in is it's about academics. And then when you go home, let's talk about how you feel and let's talk about your attitudes and beliefs and let's form that character there. And we also do character development at school, but the, your beliefs in all of those things should be done at home and in a in a school and and I want to really quick say um, my friend Molly Lamar who has been an active participant in Cherry Creek School District is running for state board she's running against a woman named Rebecca McClellan who um, believes that children age K through three should learn the comprehensive sexual you know that with the new house bill the sex ed so and those those are items in that in in the comprehensive sex ed are are things i would be too embarrassed to say i've read the legislation i haven't read but that's what she wants for kindergarten through third grade which is is strange it seems bizarre so when we have we have kids that are not succeeding and it's been proven that if kids don't read by the third grade and only about 40% 40% of our kids are reading at third grade at a third grade level. After so all we the money have, we're spending. After all the money that we're spending. And in Cherry Creek School District, we're spending that on health care facilities, which is a, another. That's a whole nother thing. A whole nother. We'll need like another hour on that. Mm-hmm. But when we have kids that are not succeeding and when there is data, hard data that shows if your kid is not reading by third grade, they will not succeed in high school. They will not go to college. They will you know that that is the prison pipeline is the not reading by third grade and so now instead of adding more curriculum more rigor in the curriculum we're going to add sex ed that's something that should be I mean that's something in our family we don't talk about formally until fifth grade Mm -hmm. and and every family is different and whatever they want to do is fine but that's definitely something personal and to put that on every kid in Colorado when they need to be learning to read write and do arithmetic exactly yes and I didn't finish the thought 
thought. My dad always said there you have 24 hours in a day, you decide what you do with it. Same with the school day. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's only a finite amount of, of time, finite amount of time of teachers' resor- resources, and um, we have to decide what we're going to do with it. So mm-hmm. is it going to be sex ed, which we are now seeing that there's actually grooming of our children, mm-hmm. uh, and also this whole critical race theory, or whatever the iterations thereof, they may say, oh, we're not teaching critical race theory, but they're teaching that narrative mm-hmm. where some one child is a victim, the other is a, an, an oppressor. There's yes. nothing good about that. Alan Thomas, Jen just mentioned this, and this was another thing that I was very uncomfortable with my kids, and that was the group project because there were always those that wanted to excel and work, and then there were those that kind of rode on, on the laurels of that, but again, sitting around in a table, and I felt like it, it took away from the individual. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, nobody loves group projects, right? I mean, especially <laughs> high achievers, like I think everyone at this mm-hmm. table is, like we ended up carrying the project for the people that sat around and did nothing. And you know, that that's actually, I wanna ask you a question, Jen, because mm-hmm. I feel like we have a lot of professional problem finders, you know, on the right and the left. You know, the left tries to find the problem in all of our curriculum. The right likes to find all the problems that the curriculum is. Yet you kind of went out there and you asserted yourself and you said, here's the problem. I'm gonna create an advocacy group. But you also said, I'm gonna fix the problem and started this, uh, helped found this charter school. So for how, how can, what advice would you give people to help fix this problem of curriculum in the community? That's a good question. So the first thing I would say is get informed. And they can do that by joining our Parent Advocacy Network. And that's, and I'll just tell, the website is cherrycreekparents.org. And get informed and, and find out how you feel about it. You know, a lot of people say, oh, I love Cherry Creek. My teacher is wonderful. And we do, um, you know, as parents with kids in school, we do love our teachers. You know, there, there's an attachment there for 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 certain. But I would say get informed, number one. And number two, um, go to school board meetings. If you're not happy with what's going on, you need to you need to be vocal. And it, it hasn't really felt historically like our district listens to us. Um, we send emails that aren't responded to. Um, we give feedback about things that that isn't taken. I was on a principal hiring board and, and I don't know why I was there. It was nine hours of my day that was wasted. The, you know, I, I didn't, my feedback wasn't appreciated or taken. So there is that, but, but have it on record that you said it and, and go out and look at your choices. Nothing speaks louder than numbers. So if you take your child out of a school and put it in a school of choice, that is speaking loudly. Our, the Heritage Heights Academy, our wait list has almost doubled in one year over everything that's happened this last year. And Cherry Creek School District has low enrollment. Um, and they blame they want to blame it on the birth rate, but that only works for kindergarten. So um, they have low enrollment, and we have kids that are leaving in droves. We actually have a survey out to, to, to those parents to find out why and, and to get more feedback. But, yeah, just get active and and you know, take action and be a part of our network. So basically what you're saying is don't be the part of the group project that does no work, right? (laughs) I mean, we have our adult group projects too. We have the people that sit back and say, oh, somebody needs to do that. Somebody needs to do that. Somebody needs to do that. Mm -hmm. Don't be that person. Go out and actually do the work, show up to the school board meetings, 
get get it connected, get involved, and start fixing the problem. Yeah, it's not easy. I just want to go back and be a room mom, and that's it. You know, this this is not something I've I've wanted to do, but it's something that I've seen the need and felt mm-hmm. strongly that I needed to do it. I'd, I'd much rather just worry about the parties and bringing cupcakes and, and all of that. That's fun stuff. But yeah, we need to get involved. Mm-hmm. And parents do need to be involved. Uh, we're pre-recording uh, for our week of July 4th. And uh, I had a conversation with Stan Everett, who is up in northern Colorado. And he uh, is founded the Legacy Project, where basically they um, putting bringing people together to talk about our, our founding principle, this idea of America. And uh, he said that when he meets a younger person, the first thing that he does is he, sa- he apologizes. Hmm. The, uh, apologizes that we were asleep at the wheel. Apologizes that we weren't paying attention. And uh, so now parent, or grandparents, community members, we need to come in and support these young parents that are out there uh, really fighting this ideological battle because it's going to take all of us. It can't just be going out and playing golf and doing this and that. We have got to engage here because on our watch, we let this get out of control. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't really talk about curriculum. And we talk about talked about great teachers, and there mm-hmm. are great teachers. Yes. This teachers' union... It makes it difficult. It's difficult to stand up against that. It's difficult to stand up to that activist teacher in the break room. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we need to appreciate these great teachers. But my, my friends, you also need to understand you may have, you know, kindergarten through sixth grade, great teachers except one year. And the one year with the one with the agenda that's talking about the, the sex ed and the LGBTQ agenda mm-hmm. and the critical race theory, it takes one year and it takes a lot to walk that back and so you need to be vigilant and that's one of the things I'm concerned about is them getting rid of room moms I was the Thursday folder mom mm-hmm. which meant I did, I did the too. grunt work of but that way I was in the mm-hmm. in the classroom I'm paying attention and mm-hmm. it's important to be in there and I'm concerned with these school shootings locking down our schools they're locking parents out what's your yes. thoughts on that Jen they've been working parents out for a long time and especially like that one-to-one uh, shift in that one school um, you know they they just said it. We don't need parents in the in the classroom. But at Heritage Heights Academy, we know how important that is. We know how important it is for a child to see their parent. Like, oh, I guess this is important. My mom is here. Mm-hmm. She's watching. Mm-hmm. And you learn something. The minute you step in the door, you learn something about the dynamic. You learn that this Friday is fun Friday. You learn, you know, there's something to be learned to be inside that classroom. And there's been a gradual shift with that. Mm-hmm. Um, with the curriculum, my mind is kind of going in a million different places. But my, my friend Molly Lamar was on the curriculum. And this, now she's the one that's running for uh, yes. uh, state board. Again, yes. what's her name? Against Molly Lamar. Is, Don't is, say the other person's name. Okay. So her opponent. Is, yes. So, yeah. <laughs> is it, Molly Lamar is the one who needs our support. So okay. if you Molly can, Lamar. Yeah. And she's she's running against a person who has an agenda. Absolutely. She's a politician. She's not an educator. Molly is an educator. Um, she's a bilingual. She taught she taught in Title One schools. She's she's an amazing person. I know her very well personally. Okay. So if we if you can support her her campaign, that'd be great. Um, but um, so she was on a social studies review committee and um, she didn't think that it was a great curriculum. It was, it's called uh, Inquiry Journeys and it was um, 
the the districts that were using it were Chicago, Detroit, Denver, oh. the ones that have like 33% graduation rates. And we're going to put that in Cherry Creek when our graduation is right around the 90s, and it has been for years. So why would we adopt a curriculum that isn't that isn't rigorous enough for us? I mean, we Good have question. different standards. So um, at the curriculum um, committee meeting, Molly, and this is all from Molly, she said that, uh, you know, it, it passed, but only 52 to 48. So um, Dominique Jones, she's the curriculum specialist at Cherry Creek School District. She said, well, we're not going to go for this because it, it looks like it was too close. And, you know, it was too close of a call. So we're going to we're going to look at it more closely. But at the next school board meeting, they did vote it through. You know, there there were some questions, and um, you know, but they they ended up voting it through. Mm-hmm. So so that's that's kind of upsetting. And then the um, the new uh, re- reading and writing curriculum, the into reading curriculum by Houghton Hugh, Mifflin, um, that was reviewed by parents, and um, you know, they put a lot of culturally responsive learning into that and when they said what does that mean is that crt is that what that means yeah so so what it is is um you know learning about something in from the viewpoint of another culture which is wonderful which is great you know let's let's Mm -hmm. learn about other people's cultures i listened to i was in a study session at a board because i ran for school board so i was going to all the study sessions and in one study sessions angela garland said um and she's on the board she said they don't want us in. They didn't want us in their, our schools, and now they don't want us in our curriculum. But no reasonable person feels that way. But that's that's the person in our school board. She feels that other people think white people think that we don't want them, meaning black people, in our curriculum. That's just not true. I've never met anyone that doesn't want a picture of a black or brown person yeah, in there. It's just not true. It's just not true. Nobody feels that way. But that's how she feels, and that's where she's she's coming from a combative So point she doesn't of view. want white people in the curriculum. Probably. She doesn't want too many white people. Yeah. Or, you know, and it's it's great to be represented. That's what I love about mm-hmm. Heritage Heights Academy is that we want to be representative. We want to be inclusive, but we don't want to divide you up into groups and say you're this way because you look this way. Right. That's what cultural responsive learning is. Aha. Okay, let's go to break. In studio with me is Jen Gibbons, uh, and she's a mom of four. She's um, a member of the Cherry Creek Parent Advocacy Network. And again, what's that website? CherryCreekParents.org. Okay, and Ellen Thomas is in studio. We're going to go to break. We want to hear from you, 303-477-5600. Before we do that, though, uh, I am adopting the USMCMemorialFoundation.org as the uh, charity nonprofit that I'm supporting. They are raising money to remodel the Marine Memorial out at Six and Colfax. My friends, we have to know our history. We have to honor and respect those that were willing to put their lives on the line or did for our freedom. And of course, we have this responsibility to make sure that we treasure what they did uh, as we are moving forward here and preserving freedom and liberty for our children. Uh, but you can help them out by going to USMCMemorialFoundation.org. That's USMCMemorialFoundation.org. You all have a unique opportunity to talk with Alan Thomas or Jen Gibbons, 303-477-5600. We'll be right back. Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage. 
Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. Medical freedom and personal choice are both sacred to comprehensive, patient-first health care. At Roots Medical, our providers honor those rights diligently in every appointment. Located in Denver Tech Center, Roots Medical is a functional primary care clinic with specialties in hormones, thyroid, gut health, detox, and COVID recovery. Establishing care with us is just a text message away, 303-569-6794. For more information, visit rootsmedical.net. Roots Medical is a proud member of Colorado Healthcare Providers for Freedom. Practice shooting in the same place you bought the firearm. Frankton Firearms makes your life easier with safety and tactical training. Firearm storage and firearm purchase all conveniently located in the same place. At Franktown, learning is accessible. The team recommends you practice developing confidence in handling your gun with a proprietary training course or one-on-one instruction located on-site. Make your life easier and store your firearms safely on premises at the Franktown Firearms Armory. The team at Franktown pride themselves on developing long-term relationships with their clients who utilize their one-stop shop. First-time buyers looking for guidance frequently return because they're having fun. They see beginners turning into experts all the time. And you can, too, with resources and tools at your disposal. No matter what level you're at, get your firearms curiosity, needs, and desires met at Franktown Firearms. Visit klzradio.com slash franktown or the Franktown Firearms storefront location. It's Friday, Friday. Indeed, it is Friday, and welcome to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. Search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. And it is totally an Alan Thomas uh, Friday. He has been here for both hours, and it goes fast, doesn't it, Alan? It always goes so fast. <laughs> Even great. Jen was saying yes. how fast it goes. <laughs> and Jen Gibbons, it's great to have you here as well. Uh, you are uh, a founder and current board member of Heritage Heights Academy, doctor of audiology, and a member of a Cherry Creek Parent Advocacy Network. Let's get to our calls. Johnny in Denver, what's on your radar today? Well, I was just thinking about uh, my mom, and uh, she used to like to make surprise visits to the schools. And they would always say, Mrs. Johnson, how come you don't tell us when you're coming? And she would always say, so you can get ready. (laughs) (laughs) And Johnny, uh, I'm sure down at the legislature, they're saying, why didn't you tell us you were coming? You're running for uh, uh, state house, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, um, House District 5. And uh, it's Johnny with J-O-H-N-N-I-E-J for Colorado, House District 5. And I'm very much concerned with, with, with education because they, they, they dull the minds so, seems like so easily, and then now they kind of block the parents from, from coming in there and seeing what's happening. And now the, uh, the curtain has been, been lifted, and now uh, some of the younger parents are now seeing what's going on. And uh, my mother, she had a sixth grade education, but she knew that maybe, you know, everything is not culture just because they say it's culture. Hmm. Well, and Johnny, my grandmother had an eighth grade education, and I don't know if you were listening, but I'd recommend for people to go and take a look at the Saline, Kansas County 
eighth grade exam or 1895. So when people say sixth grade or eighth grade education, that was back when we were doing those classical liberal educations. And, and I mean, they could read and write and do arithmetic, right? Your mom could do all that. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, she taught us a, a, a lot of stuff just at home, just about, we never had like bill collectors calling and something. And I see other kids, bill collectors, what, what was that? You know, because we knew how to keep a budget and we, and uh, they, they bought the house in 1963, paid it off in, in 1980, and now our next generation, we own that house. We didn't leave it and say, complain about gentrification. We kept the house, you know. So just a lot of things that were taught back in the old days, um, it was just good sense, common sense. Okay. Hey, Johnny, I want to just ask you one other thing. For people that don't know the your story, um, and that is why you have been so concerned about forced vaccinations, uh, share your story with our listeners. Well, when I was six years old, um, I had some kind of seizure or something, and they took me to the hospital, and they, and they had gave me a spinal tap, and they said, we recommend this medication. Well, then uh, 12 days later, it, it looked like I had been burned from the inside out. Uh, and and it took like five months for them to give me steroids, and, and then eventually I, I, w- I was totally blind. And and so if, if my parents would have just said, okay, let's let's wait and see, and let's see if he has a seizure again, if they would have just said, wait, let's wait on these these drugs. And of course, you know, I felt like an adult. You know, I'm taking these pills, and I feel like an adult. And you know, and and, and sometimes you just gotta put the reins on it, and then to say, let's wait a minute, and I know you guys have the white jackets and you think you know everything, but sometimes they don't. And then summer after summer, it became a let's try this, let's try that, operations, summer after summer, and I said, why don't you just do what you did the first time, which they did one thing on my procedure that got my, my vision to slowly come back, but then every summer it was just these experimental operations, and I kept on saying, why don't you just do what you did before? And then when I lost an eye, I said, wait a minute, this is, this is too serious because now your experiments lost me an eye. And so, mm-hmm. ugh. So you have been blind since you were a little boy then, right? Yeah. But yeah. yet you've not been a victim. You've become a very successful um, uh, um, in the black entertainment business, correct? Oh, oh yeah. And uh, I just figured like... Uh, uh, I, if, if God meant for me to do something, I'm just going to go and do it and see it and, and give it my best shot. And if I if I fail, then I'll dust myself off and get up and do it again. And that is why you should put Johnny J into uh, the Colorado State Legislature. Johnny, thanks so much for that call. All right. God bless. Okay. So we've got just a couple of minutes left. So, Alan, I'm going to go to you first, uh, just because you always have such great kind of final thoughts. What do you want to leave with our listeners today? Well, I think... You know, Johnny kind of highlighted this, this self-assertion, you know, take control of, of your life and, and be responsible for your kids' lives as well. I mean, we kind of, it's easy to forget that educating your kids is your right and your responsibility. It's not the responsibility of the state to educate your kids. It's yours. So you need to be watching the curriculum. You need to be doing what you need to do to make sure your child is educated and set up well for life. So take that back, take that assertion back and start relying on yourself to educate your children. If that means you have to spend more time once they get back from school, teaching them their colors and their shapes because your school is not able to, then that's what you need to do. But it's your responsibility. It's not the state's. It's not the government's. It's yours. 
Alan Thomas, always great to have you in studio. Thank you so much. And Gibbons, we've got a minute. What's your final thought you'd like to leave with listeners? I would agree with Alan. Let's get informed. Let's get moving. We need to change things in Cherry Creek. We've got to start at the state level to support Molly Lamar, send her some money for her campaign. She needs it. Um, and support the upcoming election for Cherry Creek School District in 2023. We need to change the leadership. The teachers, some of the teachers are great. We need to change the leadership. It's not going in, a, in, in the right direction. And become informed. Um, get on cherrycreekparents.org and get informed and get involved. We have lots of opportunities to for um, to go to meetings and we'll give you all the all the opportunities you need okay <laughs> yes stay informed and uh, and I actually think we need to reduce these meetings because I think it's by design they have all these meetings it's difficult to get to all mm-hmm. of them so I think that we need to uh, kind of get rid of some of those always reducing rules regulations all those things <laughs> anyway it's great to have you here Jim Gibbons great to have you here Alan thanks Thomas for having me. thanks great. for having me and our quote for the end of the show is from movie star Jimmy Stewart he said bull markets are great but they breed complacently and complacency. Bear markets can be energizing. Instead of fretting over the decline in your net worth, think opportunistically about all those bargains and the potential gains when inevitably a bull market returns. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice in the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you and God bless America.